You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Short Shifts. I am your host for the day, Andrew Johnson. Our regular host, Thomas Nystrom, has been felled by illness and insidious internet. Yeah, they got <laughs> so, him. They, they doubled up on him. What a brutal, brutal night. That's not fair. Yeah, it's it was you know it's it's the wonders it's the wonders of technology really. No, <laughs> um, or lack thereof. Yeah, to the lack thereof. Technology going backwards. But tonight. Y'all, we all, we, we got a treat here. We got low quality Bruins fan, Ian, Ian Bonner. What a treat. You're used to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know, I, I think we're still kind of in the honeymoon phase a little bit, you know? Yeah, dude, this is a throwback. This is a throwback to how I, how I got onto this podcast in the first place. Yeah. Actually, after this episode, I'm going to fire you. Okay. <laughs> so we get a nice bookend. I love it. I'm going to fire you after this episode and then I'm going to rehire you. Oh, that's a lot of paperwork. That is a lot of paperwork. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll have my people call your people. You know what? I will go. I will go. I will go to the ends of the earth for a bit. You know this. Yeah, I do. So well, <laughs> speaking of people who got fired, um, I guess they didn't get fired. Noah Dory and Ryan Mass, the only cuts from camp. You know, we. it's kind of weird that we had no cuts today. Um, you know, after two preseason games, you kind of have, have a feel of who's going where and who's going, where's going what. But um, the only two cuts we have are Ryan Mast, who, six-round pick, raw as shit, but is very, very intriguing to me. Size, yeah. appears to be pretty coachable, knows how to get in front, knows how to get in front of a puck. Um, so someone to definitely keep an eye on for the next two years, but there's, there was the other prospect who I don't think he was a prospect more than he was a, eh, let's give this kid a, uh, let's give this, give this kid a look. And he got kind of an extended look. It was very surprising. Noah Dory from Kelowna, 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 um, defenseman undrafted, but looked impressive in some ice time during the prospects challenge six foot four can move has great hands but wasn't enough offered in elc ian do you think that was the bruins not offering him something or do you think that was noah going thanks for the opportunity guys but i'm gonna try to i'm gonna go and kill it over in the dub and put my name in the draft next year and see if i can get drafted bet on myself let me start with i'm just so sad i really liked him and the coaches see more of these players than we do. So there's obviously reasons, but I'm really bummed that he was not given an ELC. He was not, didn't even stay in camp longer. If he had been offered a contract, uh, we would know about it by now. I really think that it would have been, it would have gotten leaked. There would have been a report, something, 
someone would have said something about, yeah, they tried to keep him around, but he decided to try his luck in the draft next year. I feel like that would have been a weird move anyway. No, I think this guy goes first three rounds next year. I'm that high on him. I think he lights it up on the Rockets next year. Should be really interesting. He's very raw, but he's a big kid who's incredibly agile for his size. And he has hands. Hands for a guy. He kind of looks like Chara on skates, though, where it looks like he's not skating well. But then he's going around people, and you're kind of going, how did that guy not stop him? Like, there was a there was a span of time with Chara where you kind of got confused how he would skate by someone because he was so big and you always just kind of picture this big, slow lumbering dude. And he does a spin O-Rama and buries it backhand. Like the guy could skate. He just looked awkward as shit. These days, maybe he can't. They don't ask how, like, uh, like Jack likes to say, they don't ask how pretty they ask how many. Yeah, exactly. But so Noah Dory, RIP in pieces, uh, I, I really, really hope he still comes back the Bruins way. Um, but I am going to watch. I'm going to watch him this season. I, 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 he made a fan out of me. Well, we're going to be watching some dub, some dub games either way. Because Fabian Lissell is here, there. Mm-hmm. Here? Supposedly going here? there. We'll get to that. Yeah. We can't we can't jump to that already. We'll get there. That's a conversation to have. Yeah. Well, no, that's a tease, buddy. That's a tease. <laughs> so okay. So moment so moment of silence. Flags at half mast for Ryan. And just, you know, if Noah Dory wasn't offered a PTO, that's very disrespectful, don't you think, Ian? It's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. You know, there's other guys on this team that get disrespected sometimes, though. Name and one. Name one. Uh, who would be DeBrusque? Oh, Probably DeBrusque. Yeah. You know, good. he reminds me of another guy who used to get disrespected. Tuka Rask? Is DeBrusque the new Tuka Rask? Yes. <laughs> like how quickly you're like, yep. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. But with an asterisk is all I'm saying. With an asterisk. Well, well, the, the, there is an asterisk. Tukarask is an elite goaltender. He's an elite goaltender. He's an elite goaltender. Yeah, it turns out he's an elite goaltender, guys. And he's an elite goaltender. And Jake DeBrusque is a middle six forward. Mm-hmm. But I cannot believe some of the shit that I read after the game, after, after the game in Washington, where after a season like that, you want Jake DeBrusque to come out there preseason or not. I don't give a flying rat's ass if it's the preseason or not. You want him to come out there and you want him to establish something, have a good game, start the momentum. And then I'm going to, I'm going to quote our, I'm going to quote our temporarily fallen cohort Thomas here. It's called momentum assholes. (laughs) It's, you needed him to have that kind of game where he was engaged and he was skate. He was skating everywhere. He got, pen- he got penalty kill time, which by the way, I'm going to bring up real quick. There was a time last year where he- there was like a two week stretch where DeBrusque actually played very good hockey. You know, when that was Ian, the penalty kill, it was when Bruce Cassidy was giving him PK time, which is weird. Honestly, no, that would be it's a not force. because Jake DeBrusque needs to be constantly engaged mm. and trusted when, even trusted. Yes. And he will respond. But 
despite that good game, what did you see a lot of in the, the tenor of Bruins fans? Ian? I just found it weird that I we all posted in some way, shape or form like, hey, nice to see him get off on the right foot. I was it's OK if you just want to go, man, I don't know. I don't trust it yet. But the that's fine. Out, that's the, fine. The people coming out to just immediately go after anyone who posted anything positive. I saw some very vulgar stuff. Some really homophobic stuff was said. It, it really, really weird. Twitter's were weird mentioned. Ian. Yeah, it was not good. It was not good. Yeah. But why are you hating on the guy? He plays for your favorite team. Like, first of all, he plays for your team. You want him to do well. And second of all, why shout out to Army Bear, who's probably going to comment on this section. Yeah, He's probably. a very vocal <laughs> yeah. anti-Jake DeBrusque. I love you, kid, but you ain't here. <laughs> you you can be hesitant all you want. And look, none of us are predicting he's going to be amazing this year, but he had one good game. Why can't people just be happy about that? We haven't had hockey in a few months. We missed hockey. It's back. Hockey's back and we get to be excited. Exactly. And But here's the thing that killed me. Here's the thing that killed me. Those very same people who are saying, oh, you know, oh, fuck that, Jake. DeBron. One of the things I saw is the whole, most hilarious comment I saw was the Bruins showed the clip of the DeBruskel where he was the help as mm -hmm. Clifton's driving to the net. Another person, another thing you want to see, Clifton's driving to the net, poised, Clifton getting really into the goaltender's mouth. He was really good in that he game. He was really good in that game. <laughs> Going into the goaltender's mouth. And DeBrusque is the help coming from behind. The puck squeaks through Clifton. DeBrusque is the support, and he chips it over the goalie's head. Mm -hmm. Perfect kind of goal that you want to see Jake DeBrusque. That's a greasy goal. That's a yep. greasy goal. That's yep. a greasy goal you want to see Jake DeBrusque score. But the comment I saw was... They the Bruins post the goal, and this person says, "But they didn't show Clifton Clifton's work for for DeBrusque just to swoop in and get that goal." Also, DeBrusque set up that Clifton chance with a shot, like a nice low shot from the point that got blocked to the corner right by Clifton. Yes, and then Clifton drove to the net. Like DeBrusque got a secondary on his own goal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and this and and the and the thing that really gets me is these are the same people who would be saying if, if DeBrusque if DeBrusque came out there and like got benched. <laughs> yeah, saying yeah, like you you have, you have to you have to kill a teammate to get benched in the priest during a preseason yeah, game. Bad. But if he had a shitty game, they'd be the same people saying, "Oh, same old DeBrusque." Yeah. It's it got really bad. It, it got so bad that you saw the same people who are like Freddie had a great game in game two, even though he did not. Oh, he we'll did get not. to that. He had two good shifts. Other than that, he did not. But Freddie did not have boy. a good game. He did not. He, he Freddie's a golden boy and DeBrus is a doghouse guy. I saw someone say, oh, man, you know what? DeBrus trash. Freddie, awesome. Lyle looked really good in game one. Lyle didn't I even didn't play game play. one, man. <laughs> you, you're just saying names that you you know the fan base is excited about. Lyle hasn't done shit actually yet in the past two weeks of playing hockey. I will say that combined with Lyle's path, his showing in the prospect challenge, yeah, and his first game here, he's kind of teetering on boomer bust territory for me. He could still boom. The kid's got an 
absolute piss rocket of a shot. Oh, like, you just uh, mean for early this season, whether or not he's going to make a push, not like his overall ceiling. Yes. Boomer bust yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For a second, I was like, wait, hold on. Maybe this is time to say it's just the preseason. <laughs> no, it's, 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 you, you kind of see why the path he took was the path he took. He's struggling with the speed of the game, which I did not expect to see. He's kind of got, he's kind of got lower of like, like the, Worst case scenario of Johnny Boychuk vibes. You know what I mean? Johnny Boychuk was sort of the same kind of prospect, same type of player, struggled mm-hmm. with skating early in his career, went to the AHL, fucking killed it, worked on his skating, worked on his positioning, worked on his shot. He was a very offensive defenseman when he came up, but he turned into a defensive stalwart. Oh, he was so fun to watch. Ugh. He was. I love Destroy Chuck. I hope Lyle turns into turns into boy Chuck. That'd be amazing. I'm not out on Lyle by any means. I know. Oh, you I don't aren't think either. anybody should be. He has not helped himself go up the depth chart no, with the sure. past two weeks. For he sure. has not. And that's what we're talking about. Is you mm-hmm. gotta have guys. Zaboral watched Clifton play that game. I mean, they were on the ice together at times and just went. Fuck, I'm playing a decent game, but I'm not gaining ground on you because you are playing so much better than me. I think uh, I, I, I will disagree slightly. Oh, I think Zaboral had a much better game than just decent. Sure, but he didn't have as good a game as Clifton. True. OK, and, I, and take I'll away the assist and all that stuff. Clifton was You're talking about relativity. Yeah. yeah. Clifton okay. was just playing heads up hockey, the kind of hockey where you just go, wow. Uh, usually you turn the puck over here, mm-hmm. but y- you found the guy you passed to your fellow defenseman with a nice, smooth tape to tape. Like everything was smooth. And I was really surprised to see it because you know how I feel about Cliffy. Mm-hmm. I got to give him respect for the game he put together. Defensively, he was there. I was really, really happy with him. Mm, I, I agree. I think that we don't quite know what Clifton is yet. I don't know if Clifton knows what Clifton is yet. I don't know if God knows what Clifton is yet. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Depending on your religion, folks, or not. Like, I don't know if Buddha knows if what yeah. is yet. <laughs> I can't name a third god. But is Buddha even a god? <laughs> no, 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 he's a real person. Was a real okay. person. Um, I'm uneducated. But, I was raised Catholic. Sorry. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's getting cut. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> But oh. no, like Clifton looked Clifton looked very good. I thought Zaboral, the one problem, the problem that I had with Jacob Zaboral last year was in transition, he's very good. Transition defense, he's very, very good. He can skate, he can skate backwards. He knows how to close off his gaps. He knows how to put the people on the perimeter in transition. On set plays, he's a mess. Yeah. He's a, Absolutely. But he tightened that up. I know it's just the preseason. We're going to be saying that maybe like four or five more times in this, in this podcast. So, so bear with us here, but we can still talk about the play on the ice while still acknowledging that it's preseason. Yeah. We can I make, like, I like that. We're trying to pinpoint weaknesses we saw last year and see if they look better. And that's something that you can say, Hey, that looks better. God, can we talk about Frederick now? Uh, no, we got to talk. We, we got to talk about Grizz first. Man. Oh, God. We talked about disrespect. Okay, all right. I, we this talked is about mine. disrespect. This is mine. So to, before he gets going, folks, there has been a lot of talk about McAvoy and Forbort 
being the top pair for us. There are pros and cons. We'll get into that. It looks like, and even though people who are reporting it, I'm not always the biggest fan of, it looks like there's a lot of truth to that because now camp is here and they are playing a lot together. I am shocked. There's been another thing coming out of this, which is people going, good, Grizz sucks anyway. Andrew, your response, please. I'm going to pull up a couple of stats. Okay. Okay. I'm excited for stats. Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick should be, which should be the opening night's top pair. I do not give a shit for your argument. Otherwise. I don't care. It's a great way to start a debate. I don't give a shit what you say. (laughs) This is what it is. Go for it. So here's why. Grizz and McAvoy. Last year, as the top pair, after he, after McAvoy stopped having to babysit a greener than swamp things piss Jeremy Lazan and a half hockey dead Zidane Chara. We don't have to be rude about. I about I, I know this. No, something needs something. Th- okay. There ne- there needs to be an argument that gets across here. Okay, you're right. <laughs> Shot attempt percentage among pairs. That played at least 600 minutes last year. Number one in the league. Shots against, number two. Shots for percentage, number one. Goals against average, number two. Goals for percentage, number two. Scoring chances against, number two. Scoring chances for, second. High danger attempts, attempts against, second. They were elite together. By the way, I also want to point out Going into the season, there's been a lot of uh, conversations about what McAvoy needs to do to get the Norris. He, one of the biggest things is his goals allowed numbers aren't awesome. They're not like he's you. If you watch him on the ice, he's still elite in that category. He really is. But because he's always dragging someone on his left side, like Lauzon, those numbers haven't (laughs) always been elite. And then Grizz steps into that role and all of a sudden a guy, he doesn't have to babysit those numbers. You said number two, I believe number two over 600 minutes. That is a huge sample size. That's not a sample size. That's Thanksgiving dinner. That's a good point. I don't, I misused that phrase. (laughs) No, it's okay. Keep it. Mistakes belong in the pod. What's making me insane about this though. You mentioned Derek Forbort is being touted as, as, as Max pair. Mm-hmm. He's being touted as the plan where he should be the contingency. Yeah. Derek Forbort is an NHL defense. He played over 20 minutes a night for a Winnipeg team who was terribly is, terrible defensively. Who was too, who for a Winnipeg team that was terrible defensively. <laughs> but, but they did play a lot of man over there. Mm-hmm. And that man is not built for man. <laughs> that man is not built for man. Yeah, that man is, is built not. for zone. Now the, he now he will get an uptick because he will play with. It, it looks like he's going to play some not non not non significant minutes with McAvoy. Yes. I'm just tired of McAvoy, who is going to win the Norris next year. Who could win? I'm sorry. 
could win the Norris next year. No, say going to. I love it. The confidence. Freudian slip. <laughs> he, he, is, he, is, he is on the short watch list. And now we are in the fourth year of this experiment where Charlie McAvoy has to play life raft. Yeah. I get the logic. This isn't a criticism of Cassidy. This isn't. No, it's a logical, but like, look, I made no, pros I and get cons. the argument. I, 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 made, I 100% get the argument. I made pros and cons. The mm-hmm. pros, talent drops down a line, meaning Grizz, you get to use down a line. Riley, you get to use down a line. You have three defensive pairings who can get the puck on net, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And McAvoy, uh, or this is actually kind of a, wait, this is, this feels like a con. Go ahead. Wait, this is a con. McAvoy spends more time looking over his shoulder. That's not a pro at all. Oh, no. I put that in the wrong category. Also, other cons. Mac and Grizz are fucking elite. Man, I put that in all caps, too. That was weird. <laughs> My note-taking is brilliant. Guys, No, seriously. no, your note-taking is perfect because you, you thought of so few pros that you put a con in the pro yeah. just to make it sound even. I was desperately looking for a third thing. <laughs> so it's, it's not, a, it's not a Cassidy problem. I get why he's doing it. You want to drop the talent through the lines. Awesome. I just think with how dominant our first line with McAvoy and Grizz behind them, how dominant the, that five group of five was last year. I just, you steamroll teams with it. There was not a team who could keep up with that five. Pop quiz. One defenseman during the playoffs. Now, now, now we're going to get into why people think Grizzlick Grizzly sucks. Mm-hmm. The argument is that Grizzlick is too small and little guy gross and not built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There was one defenseman on the Bruins during the Islander series in which we got fucking blasted that had a positive goals for. Can you guess who that defenseman was? Brennan Carlo. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Grizz, I guess. Matt, goddamn Grizzly. What? Blasphemous. Oh, damn. <laughs> Little guy Grizz. Look, I just, he is built for the playoffs because the game has started to lend itself rules wise. I mean, have you seen the cross checking stuff coming out this year? They are going I, I, to I, buckle down if the, playoffs, mm, if the playoffs are anything like the regular season this year, anything like it, that's an advantage for the Bruins because we have a lot of speed on our bottom six now. Here's the thing about that, though. I think it's going to be one of those things that they, that they crack, down on, crack down in in October and then by November they fucking forget it, which what happens with 90% of the rules changes. It's a very fair point. It's a very fair point. But, but... To that point, too small, little guy gross, ew. Matt Grizzlick individually lends merit to the Mac pair. He, he makes said, it better. Yes. He makes yes. it better. Yes. He is an effective 200-foot defenseman. He's not Tory Krug, which he was miscast as Tory Krug last year. At I times, he, I think I like him more than Tory Krug. Me too. I don't think he's as good as Tory Krug right now, but I'm like really getting there with him. He's I'm a better really defender than Tory Krug ever was. Yes, yes, he is. He is not as dynamic as Tory Krug was, but he is an offensive defenseman who can still carry and move and have. He is slick. 
balancing yeah. on that blue line. He's one of the slicker, slicker skaters balancing on that blue line that I've seen. It does really suck that the last season ended on his stick. It is a brutal look for him. It was it's, a bad, it's game. Given it was a so bad much, game. It's given so much merit to everyone who argues with this. Yeah. Look, I don't, the Forbert thing I don't want to happen. I'm not excited about it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the end of the world. I am way more confident this season going in with the defense we have than I was last season. Last season, we didn't have Riley. Uh, we didn't have Forber, obviously. And we just had a bunch of unknowns. I think five of our defensemen are NHL defensemen. And I think one of them is maybe an NHL defenseman. And we have four guys behind him that all want a shot. Uh, that's a pretty good situation to be in. I think we're going to open the season eight deep. It's the fourth pair being Zaboro Moore. Fine. Yeah. Good. Cool. I'm, I'm so fine with Moore being my eighth defenseman. I'm, it's a, well, we got little. Ignore so the money. Been, so far, he's been good. Yeah. He ignore, ignore the money. Like, ignore the money. Yeah. You have to. But if he comes in and he does last year, I mean, he does what Stephen Campford did last year. But better, please. Camper was good for what he was. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Camper, <laughs> Camper was a professional who came in, did his job, 16 minutes a night, wasn't terrible. If you have an eighth defenseman like that, sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to pay him $2.75 million anyway. It ain't your fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, look, the John Moore contract sucks. We know it. And it's been frustrated. But you got to root for the guy, right? That's mm-hmm. the point. And we have enough guys on ELCs behind him. Like, that's... Hopefully, we don't get there. But actually, that's that's a good way to, to segue into the preseason game one and two impressions. Like, Oh, uh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about this. But let's talk about a positive first, please. So game one, he wasn't in, but game two, stud thicker. Oh yeah. That guy's put on weight and he looks good. Guys, I would fucking read an audio book to you about this guy. I would, I would put on my most sultry voice and talk to you about stud thicker. Stop right there. I can only get so erect. <laughs> I literally have boner alert underneath this. <laughs> like that's my note is amazing. <laughs> Guys, Stadika. Stadika. I can't say his name properly anymore. Stadika. <laughs> he put on a show in a weird sense. We started this game against the Rangers, but this was game two. Roster to roster, we should not have been very competitive. Our fourth line was running first line minutes. And then everyone else below that was not an NHL consistent player. Like that's just not what was below. The defense had a couple guys on it. Riley was there. Great. Uh, He made a point to box out everyone, every chance he got. He wanted to show them, hey, guys, I am stronger now. I can do this. He wasn't getting shrugged off plays. He went through, literally through people with handling the puck and they would get the stick on the puck and he was strong enough to keep it on his stick. Like this was 
so refreshing to see from him and so uplifting. And you want to say preseason. I get it. But they had Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba back there. And Stadika was going around these guys. He looked great. There was one play that really caught my eye about the weight gain. And it was, you were saying, you mentioned boxed out. Stadnika carried the puck. He was leading the rush. He stopped because two defenders were back enough where they closed in on him. And Stadnika boxed out like he was like he was about to, you know, he's backing up like he's about to do a turnaround jump shot. Right. So I and I I don't remember who the pair was pair was for the Rangers, and I apologize for that. But he's on his defender, and the other defender comes in to help, and fucking cracks him in the back with a cross check. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, we're but not you gonna, couldn't call it. Why couldn't they call it? Yeah. Right. Kind of cracks him in the back with. You know why they couldn't call it? Cause he didn't fucking move. He didn't, he didn't even like sort of move. He just, it might, have, it might as well have not happened. Like the only, the only evidence that there was of a cross check is that you saw his back go like back kind of go, uh, like, yeah. like move literally like a, like two centimeters. He was like, like, oh, and he was like, okay. Baby. And then he, and then he backs up more. He just puts his ass right into the defender, turns around and whips a shot on net. Yeah, he was great. And he had a nose for the net that whole game. He won yes, one. Yes, he did. And he worked really well with Liesel. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Let's talk about Liesel a little bit. What did you think? So after the Washington game, which he was good enough to merit another game. I thought so. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was good. He, he, he was getting he was getting knocked off the puck a little bit. The range, the, the Capitals are a heavy team. Credit where it's due. I think everyone was aware that that we were going to watch a lot of that. And I was aware in the Rangers game too. He did also get knocked off the puck. The Rangers games at times. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. He is swear word fast. He is obscene. He is, he is obscenely fast. His vision is NHL level right now. His timing in passes, his timing and his location of passes is not Mm-hmm. He's just behind the speed a little bit, just yes. a little bit too. It's not even by much. He's very go go. He's very yeah. go go. He's just he can't get the puck where he wants it. You can tell where he wants it in time. Yeah, his but brain. His vision, brain is like I want it here. The creativity and oh. he that's gonna that's gonna come with time. That is gonna come with time because he's come fast too. He's adjusting already. It's he's adjusting already, and. Maybe the reason that we haven't seen any cuts yet is because, dare I say it, Don Sweeney already announced that he's going to Vancouver 100%. He's doing it. He's going to Vancouver. But is he, though? But is he? He is. But but is he? Is he? No, he is. But is he? He He, He's making the decision hard. Is making, and that's all I want to see, is people going, yeah, he's starting in Vancouver. That's fine. And then kind of watching him play and go, eh, but what if he kind of stayed closer to Boston in case we needed a call up? He's not ready for the NHL. He's not at full, full speed, not preseason speed at full speed, full rosters, heavy hitting. This guy is not ready for the NHL. Do not fool yourself. 
In is he year? ready for the AHL? In a year, he might be ready for the NHL. Mm. He's that good. But 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 here's my question: He's he's going to the WHL. Like like yes. every, every, everybody everybody put down your boners. You your boner is already for studs, so I'm not worried about you. But I can, never mind. We're not even going to continue uh, that. <laughs> ethical non-monogamy. Ian? <laughs> But no, he's going to the WHL. It's 100%. Yes. But my question here is, say Don Sweeney wakes up tomorrow morning and says, Bruce, I'm putting the kid in the AHL. Do you bad an eye? Yes, I do. I don't want to. I want to just say positive things. Mm -hmm. I want him to have... I want him to have a couple months yeah. on North American ice more so than he has already in the, in the past month and a half. Uh, I want him to have that time to understand the spacing really, really well, because if you're going to be behind on speed, you better know how close you are to the wall. And that's important. He's so, already he's already had a few welcome to the NHL moments and some of the kids that have been administering those welcome to the NHL moments are not going to be in the NHL. Yes. Nick Wolf stands out uh, from reports from camp. He has oh, he ate him. Lisa. He ate him. It's been multiple times now from what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would bat an eye. I would say, you know what? I don't love it. We don't need him in the AHL. Mm -hmm. And I know he's not ready for the NHL. I don't need to rush this guy. Now, someone did say earlier to me, this guy's going to be a call up in the playoffs. They're going to give him a full year in the WHL. And then he's going to be a call up in the playoffs. And I said, I will shit a brick if that happens, but Holy shit. I've never rooted for something so hard in my freaking life. That'd be amazing. He's not ready. He's not there. Physically, What's going to happen is he's going to have a season in the dub. He's going to have a good season in the dub. He's going to learn how to get up eight. Like I said last week, he's going to get knocked down seven times, but he's going to learn how to get up that one extra time. They're going to let him play a couple games in the A, kind of get experience because they've done that before. They've done mm -hmm. that before. Um, I don't know if it's an ATO, but they'll let him get Calder Cup playoff experience or end of the season, four or five games in Providence. Yeah, I could see it. Because Providence is making the Calder Cup playoffs, first of all. He can keep up with AHL. He can. Yes. I just, I worry about a 29-year-old behemoth just lighting him up. Mm -hmm. I don't want to watch him do the Lauco thing, where he keeps getting setbacks every year because he keeps getting hurt. And that wasn't even Lauco was in the AHL. But... It's just increased opportunity for injury when you're playing against bigger opponents. And I know w, uh, WHL is rough and tough, but most of the people are closer to his age. And that matters. Um, that matters. It's like I said, like I said last week, it's the perfect cross section between playing your peers and getting used to the ice service and getting used to a certain style of play. He has shown that he can avoid hits pretty well, mm -hmm. but you can only because he dips so his shoulder and just goes yeah. You're not Wayne Gretzky, though. You can only dance for so long. Eventually, right. someone's going to hit you. Now, if he was going to the OHL, I might be, a, or, or heaven forbid, the Q. The, the Q mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. I might be a little more apprehensive because those are more those are more flashy flash and dash leagues. Yeah. But he's going to a league where he's going to have to le- he's going to have to learn how to le- how, how learn how to stay on his skates. Mm-hmm. So and he I'm, can. Uh, he's got that grit. I, I'm just so not afraid of him and his development. Yeah. WHL is fine to me. I just know he's not NHL ready yes. right now. Yeah. And so I do not really care that he's not going to the AHL. He's the, he's going to the W that's no. fine. No. It's not that big of a deal. There and was, there was always actually- just go, you know what? You are crushing them down there. Why are we wasting your time? Play up against some, some tougher competition. Come yeah. on to the AHL. There, there was, there was a moment where, when you said he has that grit in the capitals game where there was a stoppage in play and he was trying to get to the front of the net and four, literally four capitals converged on him. Yeah. And he tried to shove them all at the same time. Didn't work. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, the one guy trying to kill anybody touching him was. Who was it? It was Lauko. <laughs> Lauko was fighting his ass off, trying to get through the sea of red to get to Liesel. It was amazing. It made Protect me so the summer happy. child at all costs. Now let's move away from him. We've, we've done our due diligence, but one last question. Hmm. Does he get a third preseason game? Um, part of me wants to say yes, but part 48 ish people still in camp. Part of me wants to say yes, but I'm going to say no. I agree. I don't think it gets that. I'm going to say no, because I think we're going to start getting more into more dress rehearsals because we, 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 because they have no, they have no, at least they have no plans of putting him in the NHL this year. So they want to start seeing guys who are actually going to play. Correct. So I want to see. Yeah. Let's talk about the negatives. Where do you want to start? Let let's start with the guy who probably matters the most to opening night roster. As far as like battles going on right now, Freddie, again, this is really early. So what I was looking for is just, did you improve on what you lacked? You still have the heart. You can still get into the plays. You cut angles pretty well when you're talking defensively. He still can't make a play to save his life. The puck dies on his stick every transition. I will say, I will say, and this is where the positivity dies, but I will say he looked good on the penalty kill. He did. I was going to say that too. He did look good on the penalty kill. Mm -hmm. I will agree. Yes. And I think that he has defensive acumen. Mm -hmm. And if Bruce is smart, which we know he is. He's super smart. Uh, elite coach in the NHL. Don't at me or at me. Go ahead. <laughs> if he's smart, though, he plays, he gets penalty kill minutes, significant yeah. penalty kill minutes this year. Yeah. Depending how it's going. Sure. Yeah. I, because, well, the reason I say that is because he has nothing else. I'm sorry. Here's what I'm really worried about. No sick Lazar Freddy is a what we thought would be game one, fourth line. Someone, one of the three in center position, the other two on the wings. We really couldn't predict who was going to be the center. I thought it's, they wanted it's, Freddy. It's, you, you, it's, it's, it's like, it's, no like a, it's like a Lazar. deck of cards with that fourth line. You can yeah. shuffle them all and they'll all be in order. Problem I'm having is no sick looked exactly how I remember him looking and how I expected him to look. He has a 
nose for the net. He's shooting. He like has crazy. a nose check for the net. He is finding. He's finding seams to work with. Lazar was doing his usual bulldog routine. He was fine. A little unnoticeable in this game, but he was fine. Every break that Nosek was leading, the puck died on Freddie's stick. And I'm fine with a fourth line that does not generate a lot of scoring chances if they're shutting down other lines. And they, they combined for a plus minus of negative seven. Now, this is a little unfair because Panarin and Kako were the ones scoring those goals. Yeah, I would I would take I would take the plus minus with a boulder of with salt. A, however, yes. however, we can comment on what we saw on the ice. And he didn't allow Nosek to be his best. And that is a problem to me. Now, first of all, Tomasz Nosek being the bottom six trigger man. I love this idea. I love it too. I, I've raved about it all off season. I'm He's so like the bottom six guy. Craig Smith. Never seen a puck. He didn't want to shoot. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but here's the thing that kills me about Freddie. You want to see improvement. Like you said, you want to see improvement from last year to this year. I would be fine. If Frederick had a quiet game where he didn't do too much maybe laid a couple hits, but wasn't actively hurting the line he was on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just shaking the cobwebs. I would have been perfectly okay with that. Yeah, I think I would too. He has not shown a scintilla of improvement from last year. Yeah. It's, he's shown blips of good. There were a couple of shifts by that fourth line. Where they hemmed them, they hemmed them in the hemmed them with the puck in the offensive zone and drew penalties. There was one shift in particular where Frederick and Lazar actually, I think, were in the slot, banging away at a puck that just kept going, kept going, mm-hmm. kept going, stayed out of the net. But I love to see them in the mix there, and it looked good. Yeah, that's the only shift yeah. I can really remember, though. That he that's the only the shift. Mix. That's the only shift where Frederick where, where Frederick showed what he could do. Yeah, he took a bafflingly lazy penalty to nullify a power play. He brutal too. Just a, a ridiculous behind the net. Like let him clear the pockets early in the power play too. And. It's, I know Frederick is an electric factory who likes to chirp like a caged bird, but that's dried up. You got to show something else. You got to show some sort of measurable, tangible improvement. Chirping doesn't work if the other team can laugh at you. The chirping doesn't work if the (laughs) other team looks at, if the other team can look at you and go, you ain't shit. And Freddie ain't shit right now. Yeah. Like I would have been. Want him to succeed so badly. We do. And we I, want like him I, to be a solution on the bottom six. I would have been fine if it was a quiet if it was a quiet game where he laid a couple of hits and just and just didn't look and looked all right, didn't look you know out of place. Because you know what, that would have shown improvement from last year. Yeah. I don't want to say he's going backwards, but he ain't going forward. He is going to have a lot more chances over the next couple of preseason games. I don't know if he gets all of them, but I guarantee he'll be in quite a few of them. He'll have his chances to fix it. It could have been an off night. We've seen him once. Could have been an off night. 
but it struggles. It's a struggle with me when you playing with the guys you're supposed to be on a line with and you're the odd man out. You're the Wagner of last year. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem. It's a problem. When does Wagner probably Wagner probably plays next game, actually? <laughs> yeah. And I think Wagner knows he's the extra Ford. Uh, he might be the extra extra. Ford. Yeah, 14 the Ford, the but no, it might be he might be the extra Ford because well, maybe because of money and because he actually does have a he actually does have a, a valuable locker room presence. But if Trent Frederick actually, you know what, now that I think about that out loud, Trent Frederick would have to go on waivers if they wanted to send him down. Chris Wagner would go on waivers if they send him down and no one's going to claim that. And that's a variable contract as well. That is, there's a lot to think about with the 14 one-way contracts. 14, that's correct. Uh, not one-way has to do with the, the cap hit, not so much the... Yeah, exactly. But most of those guys have to clear waivers to go through. Chris, Wagner, the, Chris Wagner's contract is $240,000 in Providence. And then the eight defensive one-way contracts. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about 22 guys that have one-way contracts. So the money only makes sense if they're playing a lot of them have to clear waivers. Like this is a really, we are going to lose someone to waivers this year. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if, if we did. And our coaching staff and obviously the front office in general has a hell of a job in front of them to keep everyone happy and to not lose players for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. You know, Oscar Steen has my heart. I do know that. Yes. And you know, as I'm watching Trent Frederick do Trent Frederick things, not mm-hmm. the good ones. And I'm watching Oscar Steen be an absolute try hard gym class hero pain in the ass there's a opposite color Jersey. I can hit kind of guy just emptying his bucket every fucking shift. Uh-huh. How likely is it that we see an opening night line of no on the left Lazar at center and Oscar Steen on the right. And Trent Frederick is the extra forward. I'm going to say something even crazier. It's just as likely that happens as a Lazar no Roden lineup. And this is me taking back comments because so far he has done everything you can to keep building your brand. He was, I think he was solid in, um, he has absolutely done everything he can. I, I just think he's been really solid and look, Steen has had his ups and downs to me. Uh, he I runs still- out of gas. Yeah, he runs. He's all gas, no brakes, and sometimes he pre- he 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 probably does need to learn how to pace himself a little bit. But you so, you watch him play, Ian. Yeah, he's annoying. Ian. He's annoying. He's annoying to play against. Yeah. And look, this is again the, the Froden stuff's hard for me to say because I was he, he's not going to see NHL this year. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to go. I don't know. He's doing everything that's asked of him. He's not going to be a, a, a middle six or top six guy, but I'm giving him a look. Now, again, he's on an ELC, so different money situation, much easier to just not have him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. 
That's probably also with the Oscar Steen, why Oscar Steen is not in the lineup day one. It just doesn't make sense money wise. It's easier to tell these kids that like, and I know Froden's uh, Froden's 27, but Froden is Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow kids. Yes. And, but he has to kind of be treated as a kid right now. Mm-hmm. Look, Frederick's Frederick is starting their game one. He is. I don't really care what happens the rest of the way. I really think he is. Mm-hmm. But but Honestly, Steen is the next guy up unless it's a money thing. And then you got Wagner. The bleed is right there. It's it's tricky. It's just with the ELCs, you kind of go, maybe they just don't bother. It's it's annoying. It's an annoying little wrinkle because you want to say, hey, the guy who looks the best should be in. But that's just not always the decision making. Absent of everything we just talked about. Absent of everything. Uh, absent of all the contract stuff. Because we know that ha- that ha- that has to play a part in it because it's a business. It's a business and we have to accept sure. it. Sure. What's your ideal fourth line opening night? Ideal opening night. Just fourth line. Just fourth line. I'm just talking about the fourth line. No chicken Lazar are absolutely there. Yep. And I think I'm still going Steen over Froden, mm-hmm. but Froden's my next guy. Mm-hmm. Which is still insane. So you have Froden, you have Froden above Trent Frederick. Yes, as it stands. I was really low on him at the end of last season, man. I was really low on him. He's done nothing to unlow himself. But that also means I have him above Seneshin. I have him above Bleed. I have him above Wagner. Well, if you have him above Seneshin and Bleed. Hughes, Kuhlman. Yeah. Although Kuhlman, Kuhlman still gets disrespected. I still think Kuhlman's fun to watch. Kuhlman's got a really good shot. He's got very good speed. He's very tenacious on the forecheck. There's something he does that uh, I think Bruce Cassidy doesn't like his face. I think that <laughs> he's an ugly man. He is not. <laughs> he's an unfortunate looking person. How about another game? Hmm. How much would I have to pay you? I put, like, okay. Money getting involved here. Let's go. To put Vaca nine in, in the top six for, for game one on the ice. Third pair. It could be third pair. He plays 12 minutes. How much money do I have to pay you to convince you to do it? <laughs> so Ian, people you, are going to look at the box score and go, what are they talking about? Vak was really good last game. So, so, oh my God. <laughs> So, A, that's an excellent segue. <laughs> B, you and yours are you and yours are currently in the process of buy, of looking to buy a house, correct? Potentially, the market sucks. We'll see what happens. Yes. Okay. The amount of money you would have to give me, you are buying me and mine's house. Okay. Good to know. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna send that money to you because I also don't want him. <laughs> he let's talk about the good was, thing that he did last. Let's talk about the good thing that he did last night because let's start it with that just to make sure that people know that we're not just shitting on him without cause. But it doesn't work in the, it doesn't work to explain that first. You have to do this in order. He played against the Capitals and was terrible. He had at he was, least one goal not that good. he directly was part of putting it in our net, right? Mm-hmm. I think it might've been two. I can't remember properly because I have a, a goldfish brain. And then this game starts and he has no idea that potato is right there on a backdoor cut. Oh, here's a rant coming. And so he has no idea he's there. I know. I, I, I think I mentioned this in the video that you were going to have a little moment with this. No idea is there. And then off a set play off the draw, a few minutes later, he is draped over Kako 
and can't defend or it's like he wasn't there Kako was like oh Kapo Kako. that guy is not Mr. Olympia like, that guy what? is the same size as you it completely draped over him and he's still able to do a golf club shot that's three goals three goals in two games that directly are related to Vox play Lewington who is awful only had two <laughs> so now tell us what happened what else happened after all of that okay I'll after all after all of that v9 just uncorks all of his bad game juju into a slap shot that's a shot of a lifetime unbelievable <laughs> shot beautiful like, every frustration about that game he let loose he it was off a, it was off a face-off Stodnika wins the face-off because because of course he did he's of course he did <laughs> so excited about him well I, I actually we're gonna we're gonna circle back to sneak in a bit but um because you brought up something and i want to touch on it um Stodnika wins the face off vok takes three steps fucking cocks a slapper that i'm surprised the net could i'm surprised the post could hold it it yeah. went off the post and in beauty it was an absolute piss rocket yeah it was and and you could see after after he after that goal went in back was like oh thank god the next shift he has a basically one-on-one -on -one in the defensive zone strips the puck sends it back the other way mm -hmm. it's like he was revitalized his defense improved tenfold after he scored a goal and the rest of the game he was middling he had highs and lows but he was middling way better than what we had saw before that so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of break down that potato play because oh boy all right so shot for the point comes in potato is in the slot creeping up 10 feet <laughs> behind Vac creeping up Vakaninen, his he would have had eyes in the back and the sides of his head. He's tangled up in something. He's skating around in something. He sees yeah. ghosts. He has no one around him. He had a Sam Darnold moment. Yeah, he was seeing ghosts. He was seeing ghosts. Panarin is at the point. Vakaninen is turned around, like like he's on a tee spinning i don't know what the fuck he's doing he's he's having a sam donald moment he's seen ghosts panarin makes a perfect pass to potato who started about 10 feet behind vakaninen and potato is like i'm seeing a whole shitload of open ice here all of it yes i'll take it yeah and potato is not a offensive dynamo potato is not even a defensive dynamo Potato is barely an NHL player. <laughs> He's got some roughness to him. So it, Potato, was, it was his first goal in freaking one forever. I just. <sighs> so Potato sees this and is like, uh, okay. And just shoots, shoots the, shoots the gap mm -hmm. that Vakaninen is not doing anything about because Vakaninen has all, has suddenly slid about 15 feet to the right <laughs> yeah it was awful 
Oh, hell of a pass by Panarin, though. Oh, no, Holy it was a perfect shit. pass. It was a perfect pass. But you want to know something? Harry Neal used to say there are about 20 or 25 perfect passes per game that are that are nothing because a defenseman is there. Yeah. If V9 is anywhere close to his mark or even tangled up with another player, like anything, like, like what are you doing going on? And you're just standing in the middle of the ice. This guy is not it right now. He's 22 years old. That's it. Just I'm a not severe done with lack Falk. of spatial awareness. I'm not done with Fock, but that is the type of thing that you can't really teach. You that is the type of thing really where a coach didn't... looks at you and go, where that's the type of thing where a coach looks at you after you after you are directly responsible for that goal because that was your mark, and just looks at you and goes, "If this was a regular season game, we're playing five D the rest of it." Great defensemen have, and or good defensemen have a kinesthetic response to spaces around them, personal bubbles. They understand the feeling of a player being there because they understand the game and know why would a player not be there? This guy lacks spatial awareness to a shockingly bad degree. Mm -hmm. And again, 22, I'm not out on him, but he has some serious growing to do because he is nowhere near what he should be. And this whole camp has been bad. It's been really bad. The goal was great. It's been a bad camp, bud. I'm not out on it, but I have one foot. I have one foot out the door. Ah, 22. I still can't like, I'm not cutting. Like, no, I know. I get it. No, I get it. I get it. He's still, he's still young, but we're almost not quite. We're not quite there. We're not quite there, but we're almost at the point where the age thing doesn't hold any water anymore right and these mistakes are too you're too old for these mistakes yeah no there are certain mistakes that 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 every player makes and you could be like oh that just it was just a mistake that is a basic defenseman 101 mistake yeah that he made bad and that is a first round pick i never liked bad. the pick to begin with back in the day never liked the pick smooth skating defenseman and maybe that was just code for he makes it look so easy maybe he's not putting forth what he needs to on the ice i'm not out on him but i have my coat on and my and i'm 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 halfway out the door yeah because certain mistakes i can tolerate that ain't it let's let's get back to positive stuff now i'm sad yeah, back to positive stuff. After that goal, I just that goal. That goal just really just bummed me out. <laughs> I chuckled when he scored his goal, and I was like, "All right, congratulations!" I guess whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't even a cheer. I was like, oh, "Okay." That, <laughs> that, that, that that was that was like cleaning your kitchen floor after you spent five minutes straight pissing on it. Like, Ugh, good job, I guess. What a, what a gross metaphor. <laughs> no, good job, so, I guess. <laughs> Bruce has made the announcement that the goaltending situation is exactly kind of what we've already seen. Swayman, Olmark, uh, whoever has got the hot hand is going to play. Uh, we knew they were, were going to play them back to back at times. I don't think we get see a lot of, I mean, we never really see that these days as goalies going back to back like nights or anything. Um, but he says he's going to go with the hot hand and merit based. So there's no real starter. Is that, does that worry you at all? No. 
Is it a not big really? Deal? Not really. I think we all knew it was a one A one B situation. Yeah. Um, it's just a. De- it's just dependent on who gets the A and who gets the B at this point. Like, I like it. Competition breeds competition breeds competition. Yeah, I like it too. Mm-hmm. I think it benefits Sway a lot more. Oh sure, absolutely. Because he's looking at that five million con five million dollar contract and going. Fuck, I got to win the job over that. No, actually, actually, I guess that depends on what, you, what your state of mind is. Swayman's either Swayman is looking at that $5 million contract and going, fuck, I got to win the job. Or Swayman's looking at that $5 million contract and going, I can, I, I can play $5 million. I can play like a $5 million. <laughs> I, I would like $5 million. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would like $5 million, which is about how much you would have to pay me to have Vakaninen on, on in the opening. Uh, oh, roster. there it is. All right. We finally got our answer. <laughs> I love the idea of the tandem just going back and forth and whoever is better at the time is getting it. And it is going to lead. I, I think people are going to overassume this leads to one guy playing 12 games in a month. And that's just not the way it's going to work. That's what not this really how the means, league works now. There's sure. one team that does that now, and it's Winnipeg. Yeah. And, and we're already seeing cracks in that armor. What we're going well, because they lost the guy who's going to do three of those games. No, what this means is instead of it being a a seven eight split, it's a nine six split. That's yeah. all that means. Mm-hmm. And especially if both are playing well. Now, if one falls off a cliff, yes, you're gonna see a guy carry the load. Mm-hmm. I just sure. with the defensive structure we should have in place and the defensive ability of our forwards as well. I don't see any of these goalies floundering because I don't think Olmark or Swayman are types of goalies that are going to completely crack and fall apart. Do you want to make do you want to make any comments about uh, how either of them played in the first two preseason games? Oh, sure. Swayman and Kaiser looked really great. <laughs> okay, okay. So Swayman started rocky he had a tough start to game one that first goal was that first goal was confusing as fuck it was a tough one and i really don't it's not even about what went in the net against him for me it was a lot of rebounds a lot of rebounds that didn't need to go he gave up seven rebounds that's a lot for for a period and a half he made saves on six of them that came back out no because he's a fucking puck tracking robot but here's the thing. He didn't track the puck well on the initial shot, which led to bad rebounds, yes. uncontrolled rebounds, and led to more scoring chances. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. And then I thought after the like after the first 15 minutes, he looked way better. Mm-hmm. To close out the first and the first half of the second looked really good. We get to Olmark. Olmark, I have no clue how to describe it. He was really cold for a lot of that game. It was very sloppy the first but he was sliding really far in every direction. Whenever there was a shot, the the pinball goal kind of comes to mind on that one. He needs to settle a lot. Mm. And I don't know if that's a, Hey, yeah, he's just kind of a, a wild guy. (laughs) Or if it's dude, he's getting used to a new system and he had a bunch of guys in front of him who were doing him zero favors. I didn't know Steve Martin was guesting on the show tonight. No, that's literally just my old Mark impression. No, I just, (laughs) I thought he was fine. It was funny to watch that game, though, and go, Kaiser played way better than you. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought there was only really one sequence where we got to see what Olmark is. And it was during during one of the power plays. 
and he made a couple of really nice, he made a couple of really good puck tracking saves. Mm -hmm. His movement, his movement was like you said, it was too, it was fluid. His movement was very fluid. It was too fluid. Like you, like you said, on the, on, on the, the ricochet goal, he's like, we, he was out of the net by a lot. He never would have made that save. Had that puck even been properly like, like falling. I don't know. It's just bizarre distance from the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not like, I, I, I can't, I can't tell you heads or tails of what Allmark is after that preseason game for sure. Yeah. This changes my opinion of him zero. Yeah. For sure. Zero. I watched yeah. him a little bit in Buffalo and went, man, this guy's really trying for this team. <laughs> well, it's because everybody around him was dying or dead. Yeah. It was tough. So- <laughs> So it's like, it's, 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 um, survivor's guilt taking over. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I just think between the two of them, Sway had the better game. And I think that's why I was surprised to see either of them in the first two games. I think Bruce just went, we are starting this battle. Now mm-hmm. we are Let's starting go. the mm-hmm. fight for opening night. Right We're going to give you each 30 minutes. Show us what you can do. Yep. And we will see more of them. They'll probably get a night off. I think tomorrow, mm-hmm. And then we'll see one of them back. Uh, probably Swayman again, if I had my guess. Yeah, I would. I would say. I would say we'd see Swayman. I'd say we see Swayman. I say we see kind of a kind of a uh, a, a true one A one B situation during the mm-hmm. during the preseason where they alternate. Um, go ahead. This leads to an interesting question, though. So we go through the season to remove Tuca from the situation right now. I, we don't need to go back into. That. No, we're gonna. I, I, so okay. Well, hold on. Let me we're, ask this. Okay. I got a good question here. Sure. It's one A, one B. Playoffs come around. Do you want them to continue that? Or do you want one guy owning the net in the playoffs? Kind of want no want someone to own the net. Same. I, I need a guy who is getting hot at the right time. Yes. And that's who will play. And but that's how that's kind of how one A one B is the plan. If somebody fucking kills it for half a season, someone's a backup. Sure. But that's what we said is nine to six. Exactly. It's just never going to be the 12 to three. It's Mm -hmm. just not going to, it's not going to work out that way. Yeah. Because I think the guy who gets the majority of the starts is the guy who's going to be playing the, playing better, the best. And the guy who's playing the best is the guy who's going to get the playoff starts. Yep. So. Yeah. It's, it's, actually an easier situation than people are making it out to be. And I think that it would really behoove us as Bruins fans to just assume Tuka Rask isn't coming back until he comes back in terms of talking about the goaltending situation going forward. That is not up to us. That's up to Swayman and Olmark. That conversation only happens if we are watching sub nine, 10 performances every night. That is very fair. That is very fair. That's a very, yeah. that's a very fair rebuttal. I really don't want to talk about Tuca this season though, until he either is or is. No, no, that's team. kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, no, I, I know. <laughs> like, I don't like, yeah, it's going to, it's definitely going to be up to Omark and Swayman, but as long as they are, pl- as long as they are playing well, as long as they're both playing well, I don't think we need to worry about the specter of Tuka Rask. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Whole because both of them, both of them have said like 
Jeremy Swayman has said, I welcome a three goalie tandem. Lena Solmark said, he's not here now. So why are we talking about it? Which right. I love that by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. a good, it's a good response. Yeah. These guys know what's up, uh, what's at stake. And I mean, if you think about it from their perspective, you got Swayman who's just fighting for a job like a young kid would be. And then you got Omar who's like, can I finally get some stability in my life here? the Bruins defensive structure is going to be like him getting his life together and going to therapy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a little dark, but yeah. yeah well, it. you know, <laughs> that's how I roll buddy. All right. So what do we got next? You have on this and I kind of, I, I kind of want to actually, you know what? Something that you brought up in the, uh, Frederick Wagner, Kuhlman, Froden quadrant. Sure. Um, where does Jack Stunica actually fit into that then? He doesn't. He doesn't fit into the fourth line. The only no, 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 no. Into the team. If he continues to play like this, like, is the fourth line decision made for that? Like, what is that? Like, what happens? Who does he, who does he, stu- who does he kick out? So what happens is Stunica plays like this mm-hmm. throughout the entire preseason is they bump Coyle down legitimately. I guess you could do either way here. They either bump Coyle down and everything happens, as I'm about to explain, or Coyle takes over Howla on the third line. Howla moves on to the left. Uh, Jake DeBrus drops down to the fourth. Nosek stays in the middle. Freddie's gone. The only That's how that decision is made, because you cannot, with our top nine, kick a guy out, because it's all veteran presence and you won't kick out debrusque because you just can't right now that is an interesting domino effect that it that sucks though because yeah. the loser here is really debrusque because now he's down on the fourth line but the no sick debrusque thing might really work i don't know i don't hate the idea of it i hate the demotion for debrusque affecting him right out of the gates but the but rolling Stanika rolling four in. lines of skill though but no second Lazar can still bring it and DeBrus can absolutely bring a, a, a back check four check to his game. Mm-hmm. It's he's not bad at it. He's just not as physical as the others. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be, you don't have to be physical to be in it, to be an annoying, to be an irritant. Yeah. I just, how else does Stadika fit? I, I can't see it. You, you kick out Howla. No. And you do not, you do not put Stadika on the fourth line either. Yeah. You just don't, it just no. doesn't make sense. And so do I think Stadika starts the, the year on the, on, on the roster? No, unfortunately, I don't. Right. Should he? Yes, I think he should. That's just the way the cookie's going to crumble. This is what you get when you sign all that veteran help and you know you can't bump anyone out. And come playoffs, one of those guys, I think, is going to spend some time in the press box. One of the veterans is going to be up there going, fuck, man. Yeah. We'll see. And that's the end. I mean, that's how it has to be, I guess. Think about it. The only non-veteran on the bottom six is Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. Only non-veteran on the bottom six is Freddie. And his, I said at the beginning of the offseason that Frederick's spot in the lineup was in pen. I think it might've been a raceable pen. I still think, I think his opening night, he's there. I just don't see a world. If there's an injury to anyone in the top nine, all this Stanika is in. There's just no, you have enough guys that can switch to the wing. You want Stadnika in the center. 
you're going to put him in. I don't care if it's a first line injury. It just bumps up domino effects. Stanika's in somewhere. Stanika. Okay. Stanika doesn't start the, doesn't start the year and doesn't start the year in Boston. Do you see a world where he comes up due to injury and Wally pips somebody and just stays? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But I think it also leads to the domino effect that I just explained. Right. It's just a brusque moving down to a fourth line position. It's, it's, Someone from the fourth line goes before anyone from the top nine gets held out. So DeBrusque ends up as the sacrificial lamb. Well, technically, Freddie does, or Steen, or mm-hmm. whoever is is dragging ass on the fourth is line. Is somebody going to get traded in that case? It's a ballsy move for having a season that we just got out of where we had almost every single player miss time due to injury. Except one who's not even on the team anymore. Yep. Who, yep. yep. Who is going to be playing top line minutes in Toronto? Good luck. Which is funny because Kasha should be the one they're saying that about, but it's Richie. So I don't really understand. I don't understand what's going on over in Toronto. <laughs> Kasha's great. They're going to love him. If he stays healthy, they're going to feel like they robbed us. And the entire Bruins fan base is going to go, no, we knew. We just, we just couldn't keep him. And it sucks. No, no, a lot more. of the Bruins fan base is just going to be like, nah, he sucks because I've had a lot of conversations like that. I don't know how you, when you see Kasha on the ice, he does not suck. He does not suck at all. The puck goes where it's supposed to go when he's on the ice. Oh, it never doesn't go. It never, it's always going where it's supposed to go. And God. anybody who pays attention knows that. I want him to have 14 points in a seven game series loss in round one. <laughs> after he i'm a mean person that is that I'm is a mean person talking about a low blow oh man yeah well i would watch that amazon prime documentary if that i'm very happen. excited very soon that's coming out uh yep. so do you see stanika fitting in, in any other way do you see a player that he could bump or do you agree that's too much veteran presence there yeah it's too much veteran veteranosity um Stud is doing what he has to. I don't know what else he can do at this point. I think he deserves a spot. I absolutely think he deserves a spot. In a perfect world. In a perfect world, but the world is hardly perfect. So, No no offense to any of the guys we have, and I'm obviously not rooting for this, but Foligno, Holla, they're probably going to miss some time. I think that's absolutely fair. I think that's probably going to miss some time. Even if Foligno, it's simply like, Hey man, we just don't want to overdo it. Like take out of Atlanta for a a game or two, like just slotting a guy who you think could just go for it. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want to see Stanika on the wing. I don't want to see Stanika on the fourth line center because that would be a disservice to him. I, if you're going to do that, I would rather just keep him top line. He's not going to play well as a fourth line center because the job is different and his help is different. Yeah. Right. I just, I think individually he'd be a, a good player. I just, people disregard sometimes that lines are taught styles of play. They're 100%. taught and fourth liners are taught. Oscar Steen's a good example of this. Empty the bucket, every shift, empty the bucket yeah, where right. first liners are taught. Well, you would like to think everyone's empty the bucket every shift. No, you have to, be aware that in 60 minutes you're on the ice to win the game. Mm-hmm. Like for the last two minutes of the game. So yeah, the full fourth line players are, you're going to get about 10 to 11 minutes. 
maybe some PK time if you're lucky. I want you to get six hits each. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Six yeah. hits each, and don't worry about scoring. Just make sure they don't. Yeah. Keep it in their zone. I love – this is what I loved about the 2018-19 team is that Corrali, Achari, and – Oh God, I'm spacing on the third, fourth liner. Was it Wags? Uh, yeah, it was Wagner. Yeah. That line would keep a second line of another team pinned into their own zone and then cycle the puck around. All of a sudden, the first line jumps on the ice and gets automatic possession in the offensive zone and buries one. Like it was just awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, Facilitators. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we got? Media reactions. Um, what? Um, Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. I just have a mic. You look like you're falling out of your chair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. My foot's just very itchy. <laughs> All right, good All to right. know. Okay, media reactions, big overreactions by fans is what you have here. I think we covered a lot of that on um, DeBrusque, Frederick, Lyle, Stanika, Stanika. <laughs> Some of your overreaction, you know, but it's, but, but people who are saying like, it's just the preseason look. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do a piece to Mike here. I don't give a flying fuck. If it's the preseason, if it's the pre to the preseason, if it's practice, this is part of what is shaping this team right now. All of it matters in some way. The only thing that doesn't matter is the fucking score. Score doesn't matter. It's whose line is it anyway. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. But the style points matter. The skill matters. The structure matters. Where these people, where these kids and other players are in their development fucking matters. So if you think we're overreacting because it's the, it's the preseason, like we're fans dude we're all fans let us and an- let us analyze what's happening on the ice <laughs> right. i i don't i haven't seen any reaction that was was bizarre so far other than people just saying really negative stuff there's the biggest overreactions i suppose mostly come from people who are just jokingly optimistic mm-hmm. debrusque 40 goals incoming like you see a lot of that stuff or Obviously, there's the really awful ones, too, of like predicting injuries and stuff, which I don't know how anyone in their right mind does. Yeah, it's I'm such right. a mean thing. Yeah. Uh, says the guy who just said that Hala and Foligno will probably miss some time. Yeah, but Again, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't predict that. that Hala and Foligno would be in an ATV accident uh, in the Loon Mountains or something. Like yeah. you just said, hey, there's going to be little nicks because you know what? It's fucking hockey. It happens. Right. Yeah. And Hala plays a, a, a tough game. Foligno obviously does too. He gets a Hala, speaking of Hala, he looked really good in Washington, did he not? Oh, I thought so too. We barely mentioned him. I really liked what he was doing. And it also looked like he was playing the game. Not mm-hmm. like not like serious about it at all. He was just kind of like, ah, this is fun. Sure. He's also he has got the flow too. Yeah, he does. He he's does. got the he's flow. Fun. He's got the we- flow. He's kind of he he's a he's a bottom he's a definitely a bottom six forward at this point of his career, but like I said before when we signed him, he's a bit of a pain in the dick. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of a rat, and I like that about him. I honestly think we have we kind of have someone on every line who is going to be in some way 
frustrating to play against. Now, Marshy at the top line, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think, I honestly think if Coyle's centering the second line, he's a frustrating guy to play against because he holds the puck for so long and you're chasing him around. And you're yeah. just like, would you fucking stop? I would and actually, the bottom six speaks for itself. I would actually, I would put, and Thomas has said this before, and I absolutely agree with him, the play style. Craig Smith is the dark dog on the second line. Yeah. He's an, he, he is annoying because he, he does not give up on a play ever. He's a, he is a bull, He is a bulldog in every sense of the word. What a, what a quietly great guy to have on your team. Just Craig a Smith? really fun oh, yeah. guy. Sure. And he, his name never comes up. Uh, if you're really thinking about your goal scorers, but he's just there making the plays love to have him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. There, there was a time that for about almost half of the year last year, he scored at a point per game pace. Yeah. Yep. Was, that was directly after I said, Jesus, Craig Smith is starting slow for this team. And I think he had two points the next game and then had a streak of like six games where he had at least a point. I think he missed one game during that. Mm-hmm. Like it was, <laughs> I just got proven wrong so quickly. I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for we're that. Gonna, we, we were going to have to need you to do that a couple more times this year. I feel for anyone who watches my channel, uh, and anyone who has watched it last year, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I shit all over Jack Hughes the first week of last season. And then the next two months, he was going off. And I just had to sit there. Uh, three weeks into the season, I said, wow, you keep talking about Adam Fox, but we have an actual Norris candidate across him and Charlie McAvoy. Adam Fox went on to win the Norris. <laughs> like, yeah. I have an amazing ability to be wrong. And it's not, it's not, I'm wrong in the moment. It's the universe course correct to make sure I'm wrong. No. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Well, you started on this pod on a fucking hot streak. Yeah. And it has been downhill ever since. Yup. <laughs> yep. You started, I remember you started this pod on a fucking heater. I had a good yet. off season. I, my predictions off season were decent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you did well. You did well. Fell apart. I got overconfident. That's what happens. Uh, you know, pride <laughs> comes before the fall, my friend. Oh, doesn't it always? <laughs> I think I think we got everything, man. I think yeah, I think we got it. Um, so how do we outro this? Because usually Thomas is the one that Thomas is the one that does it, but we're fucking lost without him, man. I hope I hope he I hope he takes. How do we outro this and just boom cuts it right there? <laughs> <laughs> how do we outro does. this? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, we we miss Thomas. We're lost without him. We're lost. Dad, come home soon. Dad, where are you? <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, um, thanks to Thomas for letting us take over. Um, letting us take over for the pod while he is uh, currently felled by, like we said, illness and insidious internet. I'm, uh, I'm just hoping he's getting some rest right now. Yeah, I'm man. Really, he's, really you know. Have kids, they said. <laughs> That's brutal. As always, we'd like to thank our cohorts at the uh, Black and Gold Podcast Network and our fearless leader, Mark Allred. Lowqual, you just released a video today uh, previewing that, previewing, reviewing game two against the Rangers on your YouTube channel. Low quality Bruins fan. I already did like, comment, and subscribe, but um, yeah. like, comment, but and subscribe. It is worth saying to those of you who, uh, who don't watch the channel, we are back into full swing where there are video reviews of every single game. And I highly suggest getting in there and throwing some comments down 
about whether it's predictions or just what you thought about the game because the community is really cool there's a nice group of people that, that comment on pretty much every video and talk about what they saw it's fun to get all the different uh the the different eyes on it different opinions about who was doing what mm -hmm. And bro, I legitimately laughed at your intro to the Kit Capitals video. So, everybody the intros go, are fun to make. Everybody, everybody, go check that out. He has exceptional comedic timing with um, himself. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell from the podcast, but sometimes I'm funny. <laughs> yeah, we just have the Norm McDonald joke, we, basically. We, we, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, no, we, yeah, sometimes he's funny. We just edit those parts out, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is the longest outro ever. Jesus, Thomas, cut it already. What Thomas, cut doing? it right now. <laughs> How have you not cut this yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Um, yeah, this is get better, As Thomas. Usual. Ian, it was a lot of fun. As usual. Yeah. Uh, I hope Thomas is back next time to make sure we stay on track. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Catch you later, man. Peace. Go bees. Go bees. Go bees.